1: What's
2: in the box? Disenfranchised by the modern comics industry,
0: producer Paul Spitaro,
2: Dr. Bill Robinson, and Scott H. Gardner, now ply the time stream in a never-ending quest to rediscover and reconnect with that unique brand of fun and excitement that can only truly be found in good old-fashioned, randomly selected comic book back issues. Journey with them
1: now. Back. Back. To the bins.
2: I got nowhere up to go. I got nowhere up to go. <laughs> I got nothing else. Bonnie, this is David Pascarella and welcome to Back to the Bins. Tonight we have a very special episode and a very special guest. We're going to be discussing the Justice League cartoon trio trilogy. The Savage Time from the end of season one, and I'm joined tonight by Mr. Scott Gardner. Hello, how's it going? And Miss, we have a Miss this time. <gasps> a girl? A girl? Have have we ever had a girl on this show? Uh, Maybe. well, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's been a long time. In a long time, Miss. Teresa Pascarella.
1: Hello. Hi, all.
2: Nepotism at its finest. <laughs> I am I'm a Nepo baby. Remember, you don't get anywhere for what you know, it's
0: all about who you know. That is true. <laughs> Well, welcome to the show. And it, it occurs to me, I, I probably shouldn't have said girl. I should have said young woman, but...
1: a <laughs> girl, it's okay. <laughs> Dr. Fox, happy to be here. So excited.
0: That's awesome. So
2: That's what true. is your... Yeah, you, know, you go ahead, you take it.
0: Oh, I was just gonna add what, what's your what's your familiarity with uh with the Justice League and the and the episodes that we're covering and everything.
1: Oh my goodness! Well, me and the Justice League go way back. <laughs> um, you know, we've been together for I think since oh dad, when did we even start watching this? I was I had to be at maybe like seven, eight, maybe younger.
2: Oh, I think you were younger, much yeah. younger. like I've been and watching. Say you. You were watching these things before It came out in 2002 So you could have been a newborn
1: I wasn't watching. even born in 2002 Yeah, so yeah <laughs> I, was like, I wasn't even born in 2002
2: You were watching the Fleischer cartoons And Justice League And all those cool yeah. Super Friends All that cool yeah, stuff
1: Yeah, the Superman cartoon from the 60s too that's good right. parenting right
0: there. That's it. good that's good parenting. I like that. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. We didn't have Barbie movies. We went to bed watching the Wonder Woman movie every night.
2: Though we <laughs> learned we learned Under the Red Hood was not a good choice. <laughs> it was not
1: <laughs> the trauma. But but the dark night was fine.
2: <laughs> yeah, go figure, right? The cartoons scared the hell out of her but the dark night she
0: was good with <laughs> go figure uh,
1: but yeah. well, i remember
0: watching these first run as they were coming out and you know i was watching them with uh with my oldest because he was well he was born in 96 so he was what, like five six years old as as these were coming out so i remember watching these first run and uh you know, now I've got them all on uh, on DVDs, so I dug the old DVDs out. I was dismayed to find, though, that apparently there's commentary uh, for the second episode of this trilogy, the Savage Time trilogy, but the DVD set I have doesn't have the commentary uh, on any of them. It's, it's just the episodes, so... I might have to upgrade now and get the whatever the the latest set is that has the commentaries on it because I like listening to the the creators talk about you know the characters and the different episodes and all that so I'm curious what uh what insights they might give.
2: No. Oh, I'm right there with you now. Another thing I have to invest in.
1: <laughs> no, but least... like the way the episodes are laid out, like when I was watching them. I I would like to hear where they got their inspo from because it did remind me a lot of, like, the, you know, Captain America, the movie, obviously. A lot of the Sieges are really similar. Yeah. Like, that one Maybe Captain
2: America got it from this.
1: Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, who, like, did, was this, like, a comic series before? Who came out with what first? Like the when John Stewart Green Lantern when he's on the motorcycle in the third episode and he jumps onto the plane, that's literally like a copy and paste. Like who's it the first?
0: Yeah, I had similar thoughts on that. Um, with the whole thing with uh with Wonder Woman and Steve Trevor, yes. you know? yes,
1: so that
0: that was actually the thing I focused on the most with this. That I you know that was my biggest my favorite takeaway was the was the you know, their meeting and, and developing a relationship and all that, and then her coming back for him, you know, yeah. at the end, you know, in the present where he was an old man. I, I thought that was really cool. And it, it did give me some serious, you know, Captain America vibes on that. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they drew some some inspiration on that. As yeah. far as this episode's drawing on anything from the comics, I, I don't know, though. Was, do you know about that, Dave? Was this?
2: I don't know. I mean, you can take bits and pieces, the whole, uh, I would guess the crossovers from what was it, the 70s, where they go to Earth X? Something right, like those. Right. I mean, it's not exactly, but the concept of fighting the Nazis. And, uh, oh, bring, they did throw tons of characters in from the old comic books the Blackhawks, Sergeant Rock, and Easy Company. You know, when you see something a long time ago and you remember, like you're so sure it was in a certain way. And then you watch it again and go, oh no, I was sure when I saw this recently that in the background, they had the losers and they had uh, the unknown soldier, but watching it, you know, on the big screen with the uh, Clara clear picture, they're not in there, <laughs> but Sergeant yeah. Rock is
0: nailed it. It's funny you say that because I I had a similar thing where I thought like uh you know more of the World War 2 characters were in there myself because I thought like Captain Storm and some of those guys were in in the episode but apparently not unless they were just like buried in the background somewhere or something but I I don't think so. Um you know just looking at a couple of different like wiki articles on the episodes and stuff it didn't look like you know those characters were in there although apparently there was some sort of a nod to um, like Sergeant Fury. There was a a soldier that like covers his eye, like he gets shot or something and he covers his eye or something like that. And they're saying that that might be an homage to Sergeant Rock or I mean, to Sergeant uh, Fury Nick or something. Fury, like. yeah. I, I don't, maybe, I don't, I don't know, but
2: you know, Teresa, you know. Nick Fury used to be in world war two originally.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Not how he lost his eye.
0: Yep. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. Yep. did we want to do any sort of like synopsis on this or or just get into uh, our our notes on it or how did you want to run this down
2: um i mean there's a synopsis but it's really long i think (laughs) we could i think we could just you know i could do a quick and dirty and we could uh, take it from there well, the story opens up with the Justice League returning to Earth from a, a mission somewhere out in space with the whole team, except for Batman, who's on the watchtower. Green Lantern is hauling the ship and everything is covered with the uh, aura of the ring. And all of a sudden, there's a shimmer and the watchtower is gone. And John Jones, he's like, oh, I sense the watchtower is gone. <laughs> Oh, really? Did you now? I could have looked out the front window and told you the to Watchtower was gone. So they come down to Metropolis, and it's one of those where it's similar, but things are off. All these red banners with, you know, a redacted swastika sticker on them. They're uh, surrounded by a group of uh, clearly like Nazi-esque type of troopers. And uh, they make their escape with the help of clearly Batman, who was leading the resistance on this world that has changed. And it's discovered that Vandal Savage has opened a portal to the past and something was changed. And of course, you know, Batman's background in this is that the, the stormtroopers came and killed his parents. So he feels, you know, wow, my parents could live if you're able to fix this. So they go back to the past where they find technology way beyond that should be in existence in World War II, including these humongous wheels. What did they the war wheels? Which yeah. I think has been in the comic books. Yeah. In the past. Yeah. And the story is Vandal Savage managed to figure out that World War II was the best time to take over the planet. And he sent a laptop through the tunnel into the past, where he provided himself not only with technological information, but what's coming to pass. Go ahead, Teresa. You want to jump in?
1: The tactical information. When when they... uh, he was like the best way. Oh, when he found out when Normandy was going to happen and all that.
0: Continue. Sorry. And he's I mean, been there
2: a while because they've been able to develop these wonder weapons.
0: He should have yeah. sent himself a sports almanac, too. He could have bought the planet then outright. <laughs> and not to
2: worry about it.
1: He went about but, it all wrong. He went about it all wrong. <laughs>
2: And of course, they arrive. You know, DJ has taken place, and it's a shambles. And and they have to help evacuating the uh, U.S. troops. And John uh, Stewart's ring goes out, so now he's just a regular guy. Um, Also, uh, we find that who's on ice, but all that off himself has been taken out and frozen for future use.
1: No, because that when we when I was watching that, all I could think about was the rumors of Walt Disney's
0: head being frozen under yeah, the Yeah, Pirates. yeah. I had the same thought.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's all I could think about. Uh, so
2: the team the team divides up. It's uh, Superman and uh, the Flash and Hawkgirl, who were working on the evacuations, right? And um. John Jones and Wonder Woman head for Berlin to find out what's going on there. And John Stewart is caught behind the enemy lines and has to team up, of course, with Sergeant Rock and Easy Company, which is of World War II fame in the comic books. Uh, John Jones continues to uh, investigate the Berlin situation and uh, Wonder Woman winds up meeting up with a spy from the United States who's trying to get out a, uh, a secret communicator. And that spy is none the less than Steve Trevor. To sum it up a bit quickly, because I'm starting to really drag on
0: here. Uh, <laughs> no, no, you're doing a great job. If you're doing this all off the top of your head, you're doing off the a great top job. Of my head. Oh. <laughs> I just rewatched this yesterday and I'm like, oh, I forgot that already. <laughs> I'm just
2: trying to remember the exact sequence. You know, at some point during the battle where they're, you know, evacuating the U.S. troops, the uh, Superman and Wonder Woman are aided by the Black Hawk Squadron, which yep. was another, it was an Air Force group that had the uh, symbol of the Black Hawk, and they were made up of uh, pilots from the overrun countries Poland, right, France.
1: All the allies.
2: Right. And uh, they're planning a bombing mission of the factory where they're building these wonder weapons. Once the woman and Steve Trevor f- finally get a hold of this communicator and they meet a code breaker who uh, is actually German.
1: Ernest. And
2: what's his name again?
1: Ernest, I think. Ernst,
2: Ernst right? Oh, yes. er-
1: yeah.
2: Ernst. And through some subterfuge, they're able to. Break the code and get the information they're going to need from that. John gets captured by Vandal Savage, John Jones, but is able to uh, take the place of the Nazi interrogator and he makes his escape. I love that
0: part. That was Yeah. Awesome.
2: You know, I think the first time I, I saw that going back almost it's 20 years, Scott, think about I know.
0: that. I know. That's
2: crazy. I, I thought for a moment that I didn't realize that that was John Jones who took the guy's place and was walking out.
1: Yeah. I forgot I, that happened because at first I was watching, and I was like, there's no way. he Like, he could so get out. I was, like, so confused. I was like, why is he even, like, pretending? And it was, like, when he first walked out, and then the other guy's screaming, I was like, oh, I see what's going on here. <laughs>
2: Um, Easy Company with John Stewart is sent to uh, take out this secret air base that they originally can't find because it's camouflaged within a hill that doesn't exist. And within that hill is uh, a series of the big bombers. I think they were called the Flying Wing or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Similar to what Captain America will rip off from just yep. the same. <laughs>
1: Literally, that's all I could think about. When they're, like, loading them up onto, like, the plane, like, the fleet and all the soldiers, I was like, come on, guys.
0: Yep. I
2: actually think that Polar was cool. there was a prototype for that, called the America Bomber or something that the Germans were working mm-hmm. on. So, yeah. uh, but they're able to decode that this mess, what the, the plan is, they believe they're going to invade England and it turns out no, they're going to invade the United States. So John Stewart's part of this team to take out these planes and uh, he manages, just like Cap, to get on the plane and tear things up from the inside. While the Flash runs ac- across the ocean to warn the United States that meets the fleet of bombers with a fleet of battleships to help blow them out of the sky.
1: And then Superman and companies start just completely flying through the planes.
2: Yep. (laughs) And they're defeated. And, uh, the return to the present where history has apparently continued on the path that was supposed to, they apparently defrost Adolf to take over (laughs) and, uh, in the present, Wonder Woman looks up an elderly Steve Trevor at the Veterans Home.
1: <laughs> and then Batman,
2: yeah.
1: and Batman's like, "Where'd you guys go?" And they're like, "You would <laughs> not believe what happened." It's
2: a fantastic story. It really it is. is. It's it, it is completely
0: fantastic. It is. Yeah. It's a. It was a really good. It makes it like a nice little mini movie. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely.
1: I think it's so funny, though, all the time. I feel like it's always Batman who's, like, left out. Like, even in the Comfort and Joy, the Christmas episode. Batman is
2: left out. Batman is, like, the star of everything. Can we now, have something now, without Batman the, being the star? No, now he's
1: the star. But like, it, we
2: got a second Superman movie without it becoming Batman versus Superman.
1: True. Very True.
0: I was kind of surprised as I was looking, unless I missed one, because I I don't think I have every one of them. But, you know, besides like the DVD sets and things that they put out for these, they would release some of the the episodes, like the multi-part episodes together as almost like a mini movie type of thing. But I didn't see this one released (laughs) that way unless I just missed a release somewhere. And I, I thought that was interesting cuz this this would be a really good one to have done that with cuz they did it with like crossed and some of the other ones that were like mini movies you know because they were multi chapter but I, I didn't see where they did it with this one and I, that's, that's a shame cuz i thought this one was really good i mean i definitely like this better than say like that Justice League movie that came out recently or i mean uh, Justice Society movie that came out recently i didn't i didn't think much of that i i, I think this was a lot more faithful you know,
2: I, uh, um, one of the things that I was thinking that was a vibe of the past, not that it was exactly the same, but the whole plan to attack America reminded me of that. Uh, oh, what is it? The D.C. special where Hitler sends the Valkyries to attack the United yep. States.
0: The the origin of the of the Justice Society. Yeah, that's one of the things that uh, watching this um kind of struck me was that there's there's no mention whatsoever of the justice society and i'm really overdue for a a rewatch of the whole justice league show you know justice league and justice league unlimited and i know that there's characters that end up getting brought in like shining knight and everything but do they ever make a reference to the justice society i can't recall if they do or not but clearly they don't exist in this particular series of episodes it's like there are no superheroes in World War II at least as you know as we see in this and I thought that that was very interesting
2: right well you know what would be interesting if you tried to if you played it the way it was uh, retconned the spear of destiny maybe right from that time they couldn't
0: be part of it
2: right that was the spiel they'd come under
0: control of the axis see i'm thinking that they must not exist because if they did but we didn't see them because of as you say the of destiny and all that then you would think that the Justice League characters would have fallen under the the spell, you know, under the sway of of the Spear of Destiny, which they don't. So
2: uh, I'll make my own logic with this though, because they're out of time. It doesn't affect um, them.
0: Eh, maybe <laughs> I, I, you know, that's as good as an explanation as anything else, because that might possibly account for why i i really feel like superman gives kind of a poor showing in this oh he gives a. No, uh, I, I was thinking stuck. that he's, he's very poor showing yeah
1: he's I mean, it.
2: he gets hit with bullets and he's fall, falling down yeah yeah but yeah, that's, in, it in struck
1: this struck me. episode he has like his one moment where they're all shooting at him and he's walking like a you know he's like whatever <laughs> and then He's literally in the like, barely. And then he sees Batman at the end and, like, is so happy. His little bromance.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like it. he gives yeah. him a big hug. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, he is just, he, you know, because it always aggravates me a little bit when there's adventures, especially when it's, like, the Justice League or something, where there's a threat and they spend, like, the whole episodes or, or series of episodes dealing with this threat. But in the back of my mind, I'm always thinking – Superman could have this wrapped up in like 15 nanoseconds, you know? And this was another thing where they're, I mean, yes, they're using fantastic technology and everything, but honestly, there's nothing they face in this threat and in these episodes that Superman shouldn't be able to handle completely on his own yet. He doesn't. And it's because he seems like he's like vastly underpowered, because as you say, yeah. like bullets seem to hurt him. He has trouble knocking over one of the war wheels. He actually mm-hmm. gets assistance from, I think it's Wonder Woman and Hawkgirl that help him like push it over. And so I'm like, what's going on with Superman in this episode? Why why is he struggling? Type of thing.
1: And also, there's so many scenarios where it's like, again with the planes, why didn't he just use his heat? Like you know, like his yeah common sense, like. Why yeah. don't you just use it? So, like for the tanks too. Why don't you just use it?
0: Plot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because every they needed something for everybody else to do. So. <laughs> but in that, we're case, all gonna sit here why they didn't just why they didn't just leave Superman out of it. You know, Superman's off on a yeah. space mission. Or something. You know, right. so well, sleep The Batman
1: in this episode and sat in the watchtower.
0: Yep. But... Uh
1: like have- really
2: want we all want to see Superman beat on Nazis, right? come on, yeah. there's nobody who doesn't want to see
0: Superman beat on Nazis. There should have been some robots there should have been some robot Nazis for Superman to fight. That would have been cool.
1: I don't know why I kept thinking like there was gonna be some type of kryptonite part. I was waiting for it, and it never came, and I was like,' oh, right, like. Okay. <laughs>
2: because Krypton hadn't exploded yet.
1: Okay, but why didn't Mr. Vandal Savage from the future get some Kryptonite and send it uh, to
2: the palace? Good point. Good point. Yeah, he did that this all wrong point.
1: Vandal Savage. If he really wanted to take over America, he would have done it by being a politician. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, you gotta... That's it's too bold. Like we'll take you out. But if you go underground, you get a better shot. Come on now. And this is my first time around the world. Now here's, a, here's,
2: <laughs> here's an Easter egg. I got a kick out of when they meet up with resistance, Batman, and he takes them on his private train. Like in uh, what was the James Bond movie where they're in Japan? You only live twice.
0: You only live twice, yeah.
2: And the head of the secret service has a, a secret railroad thing, like underground for transport. And when they get to the wall, the barricade goes down, like on the old TV show when the Batmobile yep.
0: used to come out. <laughs> it also gave me a, a slight vibe of like the origin of, of Captain Marvel, you know, with the with the subway and all of that. I yes. thought that's kind of cool. Well, what's funny, though, is watch that again sometime when they're making their escape and all the Nazi soldiers run down into the tunnel. Every single one of them is on full automatic with their with their machine guns just firing away just completely randomly. And I'm thinking, OK, somebody must have turned friendly fire off because nobody shoots anybody else. And there's <laughs> one shot where clearly this guy is firing with full auto and then the soldier in front of him ducks down to like go to like a like a like a prone position. But the guy behind him was firing full automatic. So he should be dead. <laughs> he should have been shooting him right in the back. It's it's hysterical when you see it. I'm like, OK, somebody doesn't understand how machine gun fire works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Yeah, now, no, did you notice that the the world of, you know, when they when they come back to Earth at the beginning of the episode and everything's changed to the to the very Nazi-esque um, world and everything, did you notice that it looks a, an awful lot like uh, that episode Brave New Metropolis, where yes. this goes to the alternate dimension where Superman's like a fascist dictator? Mm-hmm. It's very similar when I when I f when I first saw it, I'm like, why doesn't Superman recognize oh that's right, it wasn't Superman that went there. It was Lois Lane that went there. Yeah. <laughs> he, he never saw it.
2: <laughs> See, that's now another thing we gotta revisit for right? a future episode.
0: I like that one. That's a good episode.
1: We remember that one. I don't know why yeah. this episode was always like such a like my favorite, so I just like remember it
2: it was my favorite and we watched it all and over and over when you were little. <laughs>
1: they all just blend together because we used to watch them all like these, even the Superman animated series, Batman 1. They all blend I together. Love,
0: I love Superman the animated series. I love Superman
1: 1 too. It's also funny because watching this When um anytime the Flash talks, Dad, all I could like picture is Smallville. That's
0: all I could picture. Oh, cause it's uh Michael Rosenbaum. Yeah. 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 What's funny is, you know, once again, this this is one of those things that pointed out to me how terrible I am at picking out voices, because apparently Black Hawk is Robert Picardo. And You're I, tot- yeah, I totally missed it. And then there was another one, to another voice in this that I'm like, oh, really? Oh, it was uh, Steve Trevor is the man from Atlantis. It's Patrick, Patrick Duffy. Duffy. I totally didn't get that off of it. I, you know, if I hadn't seen it in the credits, I would never have known. But I thought that was really cool. But yeah, I totally did not recognize Robert Picardo's voice at all. And he's got he's got a pretty distinctive voice, but I didn't catch it. This just
2: it hits you right in the chest. It's it's a great it's a great episode.
0: Yeah. It is it's, it is yeah. it is a really good one. I like this one. A lot. I'm trying to remember. Was did they ever follow up with the Steve Trevor thing, or is that pretty much it for Trevor? In, in the...
2: I think that's the only time we ever see him.
0: Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. I could I couldn't remember. It's neat that there was a reference though. I th- I yeah, thought okay. that was pretty cool. I thought it was well done. My only real criticism of this whole thing, and it's not really so much a criticism of of these episodes, is that the series as a whole is I miss the full orchestration that they did with like Superman, the animated series. And then, of course, Batman, the animated series before it set the precedent with having fully scored episodes every episode. And then once they got to Justice League, they're doing this—I don't know what you would call—I guess synthesizer is what you would call it—but it's 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 clearly a different kind of music how they're produced, and I just don't—I don't care for it. I've got the box set, and I rarely listen to it because I just find the music like really chintzy and grating, and these, these episodes are no exception. Like the the big. Swell of music when the Blackhawks come yes. in should be like a really great dramatic moment, and it is. But the music undercuts it because the music is so shit. <laughs> it's Did really you get funny. a
2: feeling that 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 music was like a ripoff of the Rocketeer?
0: I yeah, like they a, were trying for something a bad like, version yeah, of the Rocketeer. Yeah. yeah, it's like a bad like somebody on their on their Casio trying to do the Rocketeer. Yeah, it's, it was pretty bad. Yeah, it's it's a shame. I was listening to it today because, like I say, I've got the, I think it was La La Land that put that out several years ago. So I've got the box set, and I was listening to it today, and I'm like, all right, maybe if I listen to it away from the episode to really concentrate, maybe it'll be better. And it's it's like, no, it's worse. It's really, it's not good at all, which is a shame because all the composers involved, I mean, are fantastic composers and have all done, you know, really good work on other dc animated projects and everything but it's just you know they didn't they weren't working with an orchestra and it and it shows it shows that it's all synthetic and it just doesn't it doesn't sound and of course that sound in itself doesn't work with the setting you know with this being primarily set in the 40s it needs that you know yeah. that that orchestra sound to fit with the time period. Doing it synthetically, you know, electronically, it just makes it stand out that much more that it doesn't blend because it's all electronic. Right. So yeah, it it didn't work unfortunately. But that that was the only thing about it I I didn't care for. Everything else I thought was really good. I mean, for you know, for short little episodes, they they cram a lot in. You know, there's there's good character development and. Uh, really good. story. I liked John, you know, seeing John Stewart that, you know, just because his ring ran out of juice didn't mean that. OK, well, now I'm useless. I mean, he was very, you know, he's a good soldier. He was very effective. And I, I liked seeing that. I think this well, was kind of the first time that you really do see that, you know, he's got brains and guts and that sort of thing. It's not just the ring
1: Yeah, when he
2: knocks both those are out. In yep Utah. where'd you learn how to do that united states marines
1: <laughs> yeah i like
2: that now, do no. you know when john stewart first came that was the early 70s he came in right as the replacement uh, for Al J- the, the backup he was the yeah. backup for Al yeah I'm, st- I'm
0: still yeah i'm trying to remember what year that was because i'm still trying to nab that particular issue where he first so good luck with it, that it goes expensive yeah that was a pricey book now was he supposed to have
2: fought in vietnam because the time would be right,
0: right? I'm not sure cuz I want to say yes but I might be confusing him with Rodie cuz they're very similar. Um, you know, as far as their their origins and and that sort of so I might be confusing the two. But I I think you may be right on that. I I can't remember. Because I I think he was a soldier uh, of of some sort in the comics as well, if I'm right.
2: He he, he definitely, I believe, was a Marine in the comics. I'm just assuming because of the time frame, he probably fought in Vietnam.
0: Yeah. Originally. Originally. I think so. Yeah, I don't know that I've ever read that. I want to say it's – I say it's like – Green Lantern, like eighty-eight or something like that, his first appearance. I I, I know the cover anyway because he he doesn't have a you know he doesn't have the mask and all that on the cover. It's a I think it's a Neil Adams cover. Uh, I don't have that particular issue, but I've got everything around it basically. Right. Um. So like when he came in and took over for Hal for a time and all that. Um. He's he's a character I always I always liked. I always thought he was pretty cool. And I thought it was interesting when he was Green Lantern in this particular series, you know, that that they chose to shake it up and, and use him. Um, you know, on the surface of it, it just looks like a diversity move, but it actually works really well uh, with the series because he's not... Um, Bland like Hal Jordan, you know, for, for Hal Jordan, I mean, I, you know, I never really cared for him all that much. He's just kind of bland. He didn't really seem to have much of a personality. John Stewart's a, a well developed character that has a good, unique personality and he works really well. Um, and it's interesting to see him in this team dynamic because he doesn't initially gel very well, I don't think, but eventually he becomes one of the coolest members of the team. I always thought that was really neat, but yeah, this, this. This is a neat episode for for certain characters really getting to kind of shine that um, weren't getting the spotlight all the time. You know, like John Stewart, right. and Wonder Woman, you know, I think Wonder, you know, this is one of her best showings, I think, in this particular mm-hmm. episode.
1: John Jones, too. Like, I do like how the the way the episode was set up and the episodes as a whole were set up in the sense that, you know, it started off with them all together and then they got separated and everyone went on their own little character development journey and whatnot. And then... You know, they all rejoined at the end. I I just like having, you know, seeing them together. You know, we know they work well, but then getting that individual time with that character, see what they could do and whatever. I I do enjoy watching it like that.
0: That and I don't know if it was intentional, probably, but I, I don't know for sure. But that's kind of a callback to a classic way of doing both like the old Justice Society stories in the 40s. But then also a lot of the early Justice League missions would do the same thing. You'd have the whole team at the beginning together. They would assess the threat, and then they would break into groups and all go off and do their separate things. And as a kid, that always kind of used to annoy me. It's like, why don't they all just go in mass and attack the bad guy? But over time, I've come to really like that because then you do get those little character moments like we're talking about. And and so, you know, it, when it's done well, like it is yeah. in this, it works really good because then you get to focus, you know, on, on individual characters a little bit more.
1: And I do like how they continue to put um, Green Lantern in green after even after his ring stopped working. <laughs> I'd li- I like that. They did that.
2: I like when they're the, the rescuing the G.I.s and one guy goes to Wonder Woman.
0: OK, thanks, doll. <laughs> oh, they were like, what were they like? Wolf whistling or something. at, right. all at point? Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Period. Accurate. I like how you just have to kind of, you know, at the very beginning when they're trying to figure out. Okay, what's happened? But then also, somebody poses the question of, okay, if somebody changed time, how come we're all still here? And it's just quickly thrown out. They're like, well, maybe because we were enveloped in Green Lantern's energy at the time, they're like, okay, well, we're just going to roll with that. You know, it's like they all just accept it. And yeah, I'm yeah, like, good enough. okay, yeah. like, like, I, I won't get hung up on the details, I guess. That, that works as good as anything you know, like, else. Today, today, today is,
1: you know, roll with it. That would
0: be. Six issues in a series explaining why it's
2: <laughs> still there in a 24 issue arc.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all I got in my notes on this one.
2: I think I've about covered everything. What are you, about you, Teresa? You, you good?
1: <laughs> I, yeah, I, I love it. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. Did I watch the opening theme every single episode? Yeah, I did. I'm not skipping it. I genuinely enjoy the intro to this TV show, and I will watch it every time.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I like the the original like, intro a little better than the unlimited one.
1: Yeah, but when Superman punches through the wall on the beat drop, Come on, it's so good. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, we so, covered everything. I'm.
2: So w- we're gonna rate this. Okay. Uh, Scott, why don't you go first?
0: Okay. Um. Let's see. How do we? How do we want to rate it? Like, like, like animation, story, music. How How do you want to?
1: Yeah. Well, let's we could do be, like uh, three categories. Yeah. okay. That's a, yeah. We'll do a
0: animation story Uh, okay um yeah the animation i think the animation is really good in this one um not a lot of quibbles in it i never much cared for superman's character model in justice league they they went with a different model for him than they did with uh superman the animated series to make it look like time had passed or something but with the more chiseled face he looks a little too old to me he he, it's it's like he's aged 20 years between the two series or something that doesn't really count as a criticism for this particular series it's indicative of the series as a whole but yeah i just never much cared for his character model Um, but I do like the guy that voices him, uh, uh, George Newbern. I thought he did a good, uh, good job on him, uh, you know, in the series as a whole, but in, in this episode, I just wish Superman had 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 a little bit better showing, um, in this one, but yeah, the, the animation's really good. Um, the gunplay amuses me greatly. I mean, if you go back and and rewatch these, keep an eye on when the soldiers are, are firing because they're often, um, shooting directly into, one of their compatriots, and it's like nobody took any time to figure out, you know, what the path of the bullets would actually be, and it's it's just hysterical.
2: You know why that is, right? It's stormtroopers. They can't kill anybody.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, I I enjoyed the animation. Um, I think the story is really, really good. I like that uh, that you know it's pared down. It doesn't mess around. It doesn't waste time with um, you know unnecessary explain. It just gets right into the action because they they know you know the time frame that they're working with and uh, and just get right into it. And so I really enjoy that. I like the. The little Easter eggs and cameos and uh, and callbacks and that sort of thing. So, yeah, you know, story-wise, it's fantastic. Really, my only honest, – honestly, the only real criticism I've got of this uh, is the music. Uh, it just – it doesn't work, sadly. Um, I don't think much of the music of Justice League or Justice League Unlimited as a whole anyway – but the electronic stuff really doesn't work with these episodes because it just emphasizes that it's completely wrong for the time period that that the episodes are taking place in. So, um, you know, that knocks it down a little bit. But um, on the whole, I would say a, a solid A uh, on the whole arc. I, I enjoyed the whole thing. I think it's really good. And uh, I found it genuinely touching. I really liked uh, the stuff with Wonder Woman because up to this point. As I recall the series, I don't really remember her really having a whole lot of like humanizing moments. And this one really does where for the first time, you know, she she has a love interest. And I thought that was really neat to, to see her soften a bit and that she has a real soft spot for him to a point where she actually seeks him out. Uh, you know, in the present, at the end of the episode, I liked that. I, that was charming, and I I, I I thought that kind of made the episode. Honestly, that was my favorite part of uh, of all three episodes. Was the stuff with with her and Steve Trevor. That was the stuff I kind of focused on in the whole thing. Cool. Teresa, you want to go?
1: Yeah. So I I I generally just love the storyline. It's very clean. It's easy to follow. Um, and the dialogue was on, like, it's a very good dialogue. Nothing too you know, um, like, it's, it's very, it flows. And I like the banter between, um, Hawk girl and Green Lantern. I always love it. They do it so good. Um, and again, with, um, Wonder Woman, I do like how they gave her a little romance. I always enjoy that. Um, Oh, I do just wish that we got like more Superman. I understand why, you know, everyone else needs the time to shine. But I also feel like they always chip him out because he's just better than everyone. <laughs> they know he could do it on his own. They know he could do it on his own, so they they don't show him a lot. But other than that, it it's just a, it's genuinely just an enjoying um trilogy of episodes to watch. So I agree with the A. It It's just it's just very
2: enjoyable. I love it. Yeah, well, I, I haven't buried the lead on this at all. I love this <laughs> one, too. The animation, I think, is great. I love the detail they put into things. The, the opening scene when they arrive in World War Two or it says Khan, it looks like right out of one of those old photographs you see of mm-hmm. yeah. you know, the Battle of D-Day. I like that the American soldier played a prominent part in it, you know, granted it's the Justice League, but they're constantly part of the fight. And at the yeah. very end, when the bombers are coming in, it's the U.S. Navy that helps to stop them. It's not just, oh, look, Superman took care well, Superman didn't get his fair share in this to begin with, but the Navy plays a major role in Services. They didn't. They did it. They didn't, you know, um, brush over the actual historical aspects too. Where you say, you know, Hitler is a character in this, even though he's frozen on ice.
1: Mm-hmm. And they put
2: the timeline back the way it's
1: right, They were still to able make. to make it historically accurate.
2: Right. Right. I I thought it was great. Yeah, the music wasn't so hot particularly in some areas over other areas. Scott, you hit the nail on the head with Wonder Woman, going back to her original character with Steve Trevor. Uh it's the really I think the start of the Hawk Girl Green Lantern dynamic that comes right. out of this. Mm-hmm. Um Nah, I, I think it's great. I still can't get past the whole John Jones thing at the beginning. With the Watchtower <laughs> is gone.
1: Wait, did you guys catch that? Um, I think it was the, either the end of the first, maybe the second episode, where it ends with them going, It's a trap. Because all I could think was Star Wars.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Admiral I Agar.
1: so many references in my head watching this episode. <laughs>
2: So I think we've got three A's Yes
0: Awesome Three A's <laughs> So what are we going to cover next time
1: Oh my gosh We should do a Clone Wars We should do Clone Wars I could be down for that I love a good I, Oh my god like a season 3 Arc oh, Those are my favorite The, the What is it is it Mortis? That one's so good.
0: The Mortis arc. That.
1: They're yeah. on that planet. That one's good. There's like a bunch of good ones.
2: There's a lot of good stuff out I there to be down cover.
1: Even the Ahsoka arc. Oh my God, I would cry.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'd like us to do Starcross too. I think that's a great, yeah. great pair yeah. of episodes. I be done. You know, the, 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 uh, the two-part is and the three-part is. They were really great in this series, yeah, I think, for them for the most part, mm-hmm. right
1: they're they're just more enjoyable, and it's not like you are like committing to a movie, you know it's it's easy it's 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 good to watch, oh my gosh, yeah, now we're gonna have to deep dive do a little research before we pick Wait, this was I forgot about this this was also running through my head because you know how. If DC just did these episodes in live action on like a streaming platform the way Marvel does WandaVision, you know, Falcon just like come like it's so hard. It's like they basically have it done for you.
0: Well, that's why I get so angry that like, they so can't cool seem thinking. to do a decent live action movie because they've got blueprints between the comics and between these excellent animated series, they have a blueprint right there for fantastic like, DC movies that they mm-hmm. just don't use. And it's
1: yeah, like, it, this would have been such a good, like, in, like a, like an infinity war type of like conclusion of a movie. This could have been, they literally like oh like operation end game. I'm like, guys, guys, <laughs> come on. <laughs> like, I would sit in the theater. You know I'd yep. be there. This would have been so perfect. They just don't know what they're doing.
2: <laughs> I agree. And it's got a po- it's a po- it's positive. You know what I'm saying? It's not dark. Yeah. It's not grim. It's not negative. I think we need a yeah. little bit of that in today's
0: DC. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, I totally agree. Aren't totally they so
1: many? Mid- uh, they're making the second Aqu- Aquaman, but is it Amber Heard in it? No one's gonna go see it now. If they're keeping her in it. Yeah, I don't. I don't
2: know. I don't know a thing about Aquaman.
1: But that's what I'm saying. Like, well, rumor has it she's still in it. Like, Scott stupid. and I want to know
2: if we're gonna live long enough to see a decent Superman movie come.
1: Probably not. I probably might not even. Live long. <laughs> probably not. There you go. <laughs> I don't
0: think I will either. I don't know. I sure want there to be one, though, I tell you. I sure do.
2: I've said I've been reading lately those old DC comics. I started in, what, 1937 with Detective Comics. I'm up to April of 41. I'm having a grand old time. Some of them are really good, aren't they? I got a kick out of, I got into the uh, episode of all-star squadron where they finally put the team together and they were all working sort of together. I think it's great.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I have, I've just been reading the the Superman stuff, but I've been doing a a early DC read through of, you know, Superman action and um, uh, world's finest, but you know, just the Superman stuff. But, digging it i mean some of it's really really good and it's it's made me curious to want to check out more of the golden age stuff but just for time i'm keeping it you know isolated to superman but i've been watching you know keeping an eye on what you've you know what you've been reading through and it's it's fun i mean so this because you you send me little you know pages or uh or panels or what and i'm like oh that's some wacky stuff man but it, it also looks like a lot of fun too
2: you like that suit, right? The Clark Kent suit that looks like a,
0: <laughs> Snazzy. You know, it's suit funny. Suit. I'm, I'm reading. What, the, what am I
2: up to? What comes after? Because I'm reading. I'm, I'm in Detective Comics. You know, like, too late. There's a detective. Not, you know, related to Batman. Larry Drake or something. He's got the same <laughs> same suit.
1: <laughs> Larry Drake.
2: Whatever the guy's name is. Larry Trent. Larry Trent. You know, there's so many of these detect. It's like six to eight stories with just like regular detectives. You start to lose track of who's who. Right.
1: But they're
2: all they're all enjoyable.
0: I've been jumping all over the place in my in my read through, but I've been trying to stick with the with the Superman because I, I just I just, you know, I miss reading Superman on a regular basis. So I thought, all right, well, let's you know just go back to the beginning and, and read this, you know, the earliest stuff, much of which I had never read before. And it, it's been fun. I've really been enjoying it a lot. It's it's different, but it's fun.
2: Oh, absolutely.
0: It's just neat to see the way the characters develop. You know, from the from the early days, you know, and and become, you know, the the iconic characters that we remember, but they didn't necessarily start that way, and that that's been kind of a fun journey to to see that. But yeah, this this was a lot of fun. We're gonna have to do more of this sort of thing because I I really enjoyed oh, this a lot. This was,
1: was cool. This is really fun. Thank you guys for having <laughs> me. Uh, well, thank welcome. you for coming on. Yeah, I'm excited to do another one
2: (laughs) I have to get the rest of the crew
0: together for this Oh, I know those slackers
2: (laughs) (laughs) I can't talk talk about being a slacker (laughs) And we have those other projects we talked about I have to work out an outline
0: Yeah, I wanna I wanna get into that some of that stuff. I really do. I really do. It just comes down to a matter of being able to to make the time and get it done. But yeah, I really would like to work on some of that stuff that we talked about.
2: This whole working for a living is a real inconvenience, you know. It stifles our
0: creativity. It gets in the way of the podcasting, yeah. This having (laughs) to earn a living thing. It sucks. Come (laughs) on. I think that's a good outro. I think so thank you for
2: joining us that's it alright All right, let me shut
0: this down thank you so much for listening to our show and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old fashioned comic book back issue awesomeness you can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback comments, questions, suggestions and criticisms via email at bins at two truefreaks.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of Demanzo Corp of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Please take a moment to stop by the twotruefreaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks. And we'll see you next week. Hey, everybody. What's up? Dr. Bill in the house.